Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Amen. Church, say amen, and you can be seated. Amen. Before I go further, I would like to, on what Brother Boyd was talking about, the broken home. I came from, my mom and dad adopted me, and, um, you know, I often think about Brother Folk, um, my mom and dad didn't serve the Lord early on, and um, so we didn't do much churching. But I often think about, Sister Susan, where I would have been if God hadn't moved me out of that spot to where I'm at today. You know, God can take nothing, Brother Everett, and make something out of it. And I'm so thankful, Brother Junior. Not that I hold anything, Brother Allen, against those folks, but I'm just thankful down the road, Mom and Dad, you know, went to church, started going to church. And I'm so thankful for that, Brother Jerry. I, I, where I could have been at today, but God just moves things around in our life. God, I just love him so much. So we're going to get started this morning. In Proverbs 18 and 21, it says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Amen. We was coming to church and sharing, check the scripture for me, so if I quote it wrong, it's my fault. Amen. But in Proverbs 15 and 1, the preacher said, Oh, man, my mind just went blank. Never mind, we'll skip it. I'll come back to it. But Proverbs 25 and 11 reads like this. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in a pitcher of silver. I thought about how that when I was at Winn-Dixie, Brother Tyson, you know, when, when uh, at Winn-Dixie, when the bosses come around, that was the time to start having hair loss, your heart beat fast. You were just, it was, Brother Kevin, am I right? Amen. Uh, they was it was just horrible your good day went to the bottom real quick sister betty so anyway we had a, a supervisor there by the name of uh, mr jerry davis and he he really wasn't part of the founding davis family but he was part of them and but anyway he was such a nice guy when he come along brother donnie i remember one time i was a produce manager and he come along and he started at the front of the case and worked all the way to the back brother farrell to come all the way back up and man when he got through i i thought man I've been a pleasure working with you. I mean, I just appreciate He was so complimentary, and he was so kind, Sister Jen. And I thought, man, I really did good. So after he left, I run up there to the boss and said, hey, man, how did he? said, man, he just tore you apart. But the way he did it, Brother Jerry, you know, his words were, it was encouraging. He said, Wayne, you know, we got to improve here, and we got to do that. So really, you know, it's really, there is power. There really is death and life in the power of your tongue. You know, if, if something bad happens, Sister Edith, it's easy just to look at the negative side of that thing, amen? And it's easy to, because where I come from in the retail business, it's easy to walk around and pick people apart. And, and it's not so easy sometimes to, to issue compliments and say, you know, but aren't you thankful for a God that would just encourage you, just take a step? If you'll take a step, I'm right there with you. If you'll ask me, I'll come. If you'll seek, you'll find. I'm thankful for a God that said he'll never leave us nor forsake us. Amen. So I, th I thought about the preacher said in Ecclesiastes 12 and 13 and 14, said, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. He said, fear God, keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. 
For God shall bring every work into judgment, every secret thing, whether it be good, whether it be evil. So I thought about how that, Sister Angela, that, 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 that I, you know, by the grace of God, I never got hung up on, on alcohol. I never got hung up on drugs. But my hang-up was money. I, you know, where the Bible said the love of money, is, that's, where, that's where Wayne lived at was that, that love of money. I just wanted to be, I wanted to have money. I wanted to have the big things, the finer things. But, you know, when God spoke to me that day and, and, and that Sunday morning, Pastor, I never even thought about serving the Lord before that time. And, and my whole thought process was all about, was all about just making a dollar. Um, I really made Honey's life miserable, and I made the kids' lives miserable about that kind of stuff because that was my main thought process. And so yesterday I was praying, and the Lord brought this, and we're going to tie all this up in just a second. But in Revelations 3 and 14 through 18, it says, Unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith, Amen, the faithful and the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. He said, I know thy works, and thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou work cold or hot. I would. That's what I would rather you be. He said, Then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth because thou sayest, and that's where Wayne was. He said, I am rich and I'm increased with goods and I have need of nothing. Knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. But Don, I didn't realize that I thought what I thought was all that in a bag of chips was really just empty. I couldn't run to it. I couldn't knock on it. Brother, and it never helped me when I was in trouble. And, 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 and God said, you know, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, and that thou mayest be rich in white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness doeth not appear. And anoint thine eyes with eyes said that thou mayest see. In 1 Timothy 6 through 6 through 8, he said, but godliness with contentment is great gain. And that's where I understand that at today. It ain't about, Brother Polk, it ain't about having all that thing. Sister Smith, it's about that relationship with God. Yeah. You know, by the grace of God, Brother Allen, he's been so good to me, and I, I don't want to deviate too much this morning, but, but I've had so much more now than I've ever had. God has just ble richly blessed me. You know, he took a man that, that wouldn't want to help anybody, and God's just opened a heart, Brother Jerry, to say, just help. You know, and, and you, the great thing is, is you just really can't outgive God, amen? But he said, this is what uh, Paul said. He said, for we brought nothing into this world. And he said, it is certain. Man, see, I thought all that stuff really meant something. But he said, it's certain. We can carry nothing out. All that's really going to matter when you stand before God is what you've done for God. Brother Jerry said last Sunday, we need to get out of the church and get out into the highways and the byways and get this thing out in the street because that's all that's really going to matter. When God steps you in that, in that balance and he lays that word on the other side, this is all that's really going to matter. It ain't going to matter if Wayne had a BMW or if he had three houses in the mountains and at the beach and at the river. See, it's that word. He said, he said in having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. So this is what I want to talk to you real quickly about controlling the tongue. And the Lord spoke to us in 04, is that right? 94. I'm sorry, honey. In 94. And we started going to church. He put a man of God in our life that broke the bread of life, Brother Brian, in our life that we've never been the same. 
See, before that, brother, I never even thought about going to church. Serving God never even crossed my mind. But I'm so thankful, Brother Leonard, that God placed the man of God into my life. To this day, after 20 years sitting underneath this man, I still just draw from, from the example that he set, Brother Hal, in my life. And, and I'm so thankful, Brother Boyd. I'm thankful. You know, I often tell people, you know, Sharon and I have been married over 30 years, and we still don't agree on everything. Amen. That was a good time for the men to say amen. Y'all missed it. We'll come back to that in a minute. But see, here's the thing. I didn't always agree, Brother Jerry, with what pastor had to say. But you know what? Since quickly, he was the pastor. There's a scripture that says, obey those that have rule over you. And there's another part of that that says, submit yourself. Well, if you're ever, Brother Ben, going to ever advance in God, you've got to submit under authority, not only to God, but to that shepherd that watches over your soul. Because here's the thing, there ain't a man or woman in this house this morning would tell their child anything bad and that would get them hurt or, or if they needed something that they wouldn't run in the middle of the night and try to get to them and help them. God will never put us in a place and walk off and leave us. I'm so thankful that, that when I thought that the riches of this world was really what I needed, what I really needed was a man of God in my life that would speak a word of God into my life and tell me, Wayne, that this God that I'm talking to you about can do anything but lie or fail. If you'll take him out of that box, whatever box that may be, and say, God, I want you to be the God of my life. This is what it says in, in Romans 10, 13 through 17. He said, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But he said, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Aren't you thankful for a preacher that come into your life? Aren't you thankful for God placing somebody? I'm so thankful. I'm just so thankful. And he said, how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? And verse 17 is probably one that I quote a lot. It says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If your faith is just bent just a little bit, because the, the Lord said he gave every man a measure of faith. I think that that would mean, Brother Ben, we just need to get more word on the inside. We got to get more word on the inside because that's how faith comes about is more word. Because you know God, in, what is it in John 1, 1, said in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Amen. And I'm thankful for a living word. You know that Bible, it ain't like uh, a Harlequin Romance or it ain't like Sports Illustrated or Southern whatever. That's a living word there. If you'll get that book out and you'll eat the whole book. And you'll just get it in and say, God, who was the disciple that said, no, I don't want you to wash my feet? And he said, well, if I don't wash your feet, you can't have no. He said, well, whoa, 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 then. Let's back this up and let's talk a little bit further. He said, don't just wash my feet, then get me all of me. And that's the way I want to be. I'm be like old Peter. God, I want it all. Amen. I want you to get me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. That's why I enjoy coming to church because you get to feel the Spirit of God. You get to be encouraged, whether it's through song, whether it's through preaching, whether it's through hugging somebody's neck. And Brother Hal say, hey, man, I'm just praying for you. I'm just encouraged. Aren't you thankful for brothers and sisters in, in the Lord? Amen. 
Paul told Timothy, he said, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season. He said, reprove. That's hard. I like those ministers that always just want to bless me. Amen. But, you know, I need God to reprove me, and I need the Word of God to rebuke me. And it can be all right if it exhorts me, and I'm thankful most of all this all long-suffering and doctrine. He said, for the, and I believe we're here. He said, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. I don't want an easier way. Do you want an easier way? I want the right way. I want the narrow path. I don't want to veer to the right or to the left. I just want to keep my eyes on Jesus. See, it's that Word. It's that word that makes the difference. Aren't you glad for the word? He said, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Can I tell you we're there? We're there. There's so many, and you know, when you think about pastors and leaders and stuff, Sister Donna, you think about how much outside forces is pulling on them to say, can't you just let up just a little bit? I say, Pastor Boyd, just hit us hard. I don't know about, I'm like that man in the Bible said, for me and my house, Brother Danny, I want to serve the Lord. Amen. I want to make it to heaven, church. I'm not just here to be here, and I want to be an example why I'm here, Brother Jerry. But I really want to hear him say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Amen. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Amen. And I'm so thankful. If if it means that Brother Boyd, by the direction of the Lord, needs to take a whip out and beat on old Wayne some, beat on him. Pastor said a while ago, uh, some time ago, Brother Allen, he said eternity's too long to be wrong. Is that right, Brother Everett? God, I want to make it, church. He said, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall turn unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure affliction, do the work of evangelists, and make full proof of the ministry. When I was out in the world, Brother Jerry, I didn't even think about none of that. I'm so thankful for God placing us under a set and under a man of God. He, didn't, he wasn't my friend, Pastor. There was times that he had to get the rod out of correction and say, Wayne, you're getting out of wine. you got to get back in here a little bit. Sister Sherry, I'm thankful for that. 1 Corinthians 1 and 18 said, For the preaching of the cross to them that perish is foolishness, but unto us which are saved. Has your family ever looked at you, Brother Mike, and just thought, man, y'all church too much? I got a buddy of mine that's been trying to fast for, I don't know, five or six, eight, ten years now, as long as I've known him lately he ain't figured it out how to fast I said you just got to turn the plate over it's just simple he said well I get hungry (laughs) us boys from Chiefland ain't the smartest bunch sister Susan you know what I'm saying you know what I'm saying but didn't the Lord say that these come out by prayer and fasting there's something that you may run up on sister Shirley you just can't say uh you might better strap on the shoes and get after that thing. But the thing is, he says, I want to fast. I really do. He said, but I'm, I get hungry. Well, I understand that, buddy. But that's what the process is. You're trying to kill the flesh. You're trying to get this inner man to grow, and you want this outward man to come under subjection to God. But see, but, but to the world, that's just crazy. He just believes. He just believes I'll just pop in me a DVD and watch some preacher on the the DVD, man, I'm, I can go on. 
That preacher obviously don't talk about fasting because if he did, he sure... That's Brother Gibson. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Good to see you, Brother Gibson. Amen. God is a great God, church. Amen. The preacher said one time, there ain't no God like the God we serve. Amen. There's gods of this world and gods, but the God that we serve. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. The only wise potentate. Amen. In, in, in 1 Corinthians 1 and 21, it says, For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. He said, It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. That same buddy of mine that uh, he has an opportunity three times a week to go to church, Sister Susan. He really does. But he, they have two services on Sunday morning. So, Brother Billy, he picks the first service so he can get in and get that done, check his box, and be gone. But if you just talk to him for a little bit, Brother Boyd, you'd think that he really has a fine relationship with God. And I try to encourage him. He likes to read, and I'm not, I ain't got no knock on this, but he likes to read devotionals. I said, buddy, you need more than a devotional. You need to get in that word and build your relationship with God. You need to get that, you, you need a, a man of God in your life to lead you and guide you and direct you, amen? I remember when we was at Mount Zion, Brother Boyd come over, one Sunday night, and I forget the, the, the proper name for this, uh, Brother Tim, and, but that was when they were voted, Sharon and I, in to be pastors of that church. And, and Pastor Boyd um, preached a message about checkers. And when I was younger, um, I thought I was a pretty good checker player, and a, a good buddy of mine, we all worked at Winn-Dixie on the stock crew. He said, Wayne, he said, you always talk about what a great checker player you are. He said, uh, won't you come over and play my dad? He said, no, you got to take it easy on him. He's in his uh, early 60s. He, I said, well, this won't last very long, you know. I have to wipe this guy out pretty quick. So anyway, we all come over to his dad's house, and he laid out the checker. And, and, and he just, we just, Brother Tyler, he was just talking, and we was playing checkers. Next thing I knew, he had all my checkers. I said, now, we're going to cut out this silliness, Sister Tanya, and we're going to play checkers right now. We're fixing to get serious about this. Because all the boys was laughing. The boys, that his daddy was tearing me up. Uh, Sister Mary, he was rolling on the floor. He just thought that was the funniest thing. I said, all right, let's sit up, and we're going to quit talking. We're going to get serious about this thing. In about two minutes, he wiped all my checkers out, and we was through. I said, that's enough of me. I know when to quit, fold the cars, and leave the house. But Brother Boy's message to us that night as a church and as a church body he said, you know, in the game of checkers, you know that just a single checker just goes one way. But once that checker gets crowned, come on, church. When that, and I don't know how Brother Boyd comes up with these. I'm trying to steal more from him. But anyway, he said, but when that checker gets crowned, Brother Brian, that changes the whole landscape of the game then because you can move coming and going and just get that thing. See, when you let the king of king and the Lord of Lord come into your life, and give him the liberty, Sister Terry, to move into your life and move around in your life. Huh? When you don't put boundaries up and you don't put a lid on that box and you just say, God, you be God. Where you leave me, Brother Jerry, I'm going to go. Who you point to me, I'm going to talk to, that's what I'm going to do. 
See, that's why I'm thankful for a man of God because the Bible said a word of a king. In Ecclesiastes 8 and 4 says, where the word of a king is, there is power. Church say power. And who may say unto him, what doest thou? We know that in, in Hebrews 4, 12 through 13, said the for, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing of the sunder of the soul and spirit and the joints and marrow, and is a discerner and the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. But he said, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Amen? So this drives me to this point. There was a, in Matthew 8 and verse 5 through 10, the statement is that Jesus marveled. And when you talk about making Jesus marvel, the God of gods, the God that just took dust and made us, just breathed into it. But we fixing to get to two scriptures here, Brother Jack, that God marveled at, but two different things, and I believe it's all about the word. In Matthew 8, 5 through 10, it reads, And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion, beseeching him, saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home, sick of palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus saith unto him, I will come and heal him. And the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only. Can I tell you today, if you'll let God speak a word into your situation, if you'll allow this word to get in your heart and break up that fouler ground, and that word will bring forth some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. And he said it, it wouldn't come back to him void. He said it would accomplish what God pleases in our lives, Sister Chelsea. But he said, he said, he said, for I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go, and he goeth unto another, come, and he cometh unto my servant, do this, and he doeth it. And verse 10 said, and when Jesus heard it, he marveled. He marveled. Has God ever made you marvel? Huh? Just because I've been in places that only God could get me out of. Amen? I got to hurry, but I got to just tell you this quick story. We went and visited our children, and, and we was coming home, and we have a car by the grace of God, a little toy with Prius. That's another story I'll tell you about one day, if the Lord allows and Brother Boyd allows. And um, it's got over about 300,000 miles on it. Thank you, Jesus. And um, we was coming home. It was about 3 o'clock in the morning, Sister Donna, and we was leaving Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and headed to God's country. And about, I don't know, 15 minutes into the trip, Light started flashing on the dashboard, and I, I ain't a mechanic, but I did have auto mechanics for three years, didn't learn anything. But anyway, I knew when there was a light started flashing, brother boy, we was in trouble. So honey, being my honey, she said, are we turning around going back home, brother? How? I said, no, 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 we point this car to Chiefland. If she blows a gasket, we'll be closer to Chiefland when it blows a gasket. So we rolling down the window, the air, I mean, it's just blowing hot. It just, so we rolled that thing at 75 miles an hour, praying. Honey usually sleeps on me, but she was up praying then. Amen. Sister Joan, she didn't sleep on me those four hours. She was up praying. Amen. So anyway, we come into Dothan. We called a friend of hers in Gainesville at the Toyota, de uh, the Toyota place. And I said, listen, blah, blah, blah. And he said, man, if I was you, I'd pull it into the Toyota dealership in Dothan and get that thing checked. He said, it's not smart what you're doing. <laughs> already knew that, but in Jesus' name, we just mashed the gas was riding. Amen. I mean, by what, what, faith without works is what? 
Amen, church. Come on now, help me out. And so we just, we pulled into the Toyota dealership, and he said, man, he said, oh, your water pump shot. He said, that'd be 350 bucks. I looked at honey. I said, 350 bucks. That ain't good. Amen. But he said, oh, by the way, he said there was a recall on something in that column, steering column. He said, did y'all get that recall? He said, well, he said, well, here's what we do. We're going to fix that thing for free. But, of course, he couldn't fix it then. We had to go to Gainesville and get it fixed. But my point is this. Sister Danielle, we didn't know anything about no recall on no vehicle. But God said, I'm going to let your car run hot, Brother Bobby. We had two choices. We could have got frustrated and cursed and carried on and acted crazy. Or we could just pray. I've been in a lot of places in my life, Sister Mary. All I know to do is pray. We had a person call us just the other day. All life all upside down. You should church with us in Chiefland. People call me with problems. I just say, you need to find a church that preaches the truth. Get a man of God in your life that will lead you and guide you and direct you into all truth. Brother Jerry, she didn't want to hear that. She wanted to go to Walmart and get her prescription, take two pills and be better in the morning. But there's some things that only the scripture, the gospel, can help you with. Amen? See, she wanted to get that quick fix. She wanted to go through Burger King and get it her way. Amen? Because, see, coming to Hatch Bend, that's 40 miles. That takes too much time to get me and my kids up and come all the way to Hatch Bend. That's crazy. Well, eternity's a long time to be wrong. See, it's easy to say, I love God, Sister Lana, but it's another thing to put feet to that. And so, so what I'm trying to tell you is it says, when Jesus heard it, said he marveled and said to them, that father, verily I say unto you, I have not found so great a faith, no, not in Israel. The centurion said, man, I'm not worthy. Do you ever, aren't you glad that God don't go on your worthiness? Amen. I'm thankful that God, God takes you from where we are to so much a better place. Amen. That's what I was saying earlier about being adopted, Brother Jack. I could imagine I could have stayed with that family. Maybe could have been lost through eternity. I often think about all the time how many people that's come through doors at churches. Sister Donna said, I no longer want this no more. Church, we're blessed. We're, I'm thankful. I'm thankful. Sister Jane, for a God that still knocks at people's hearts. But now let's turn the page real quick and go to Mark 6 and 1, 6, 1 through 6. And it says, Jesus marvels again. But let's read this one. He said, and he went out from thence and came into his own country. Into his own country. And his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing them were astonished and saying, from whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him that even such mighty works are wrought by his hand? This next verse 3, they said, is not this carpenter? Is this not the carpenter? The son of Mary, the brother of James and Jose and Judah and Simeon are not his sisters here with us? And it said, and they were offended my, 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 Brother Gibson. Because they looked on him as a carpenter's son. Those friends that we encouraged him to come to church, they just looked at him as just, let's fix this problem real quick. I want to get on back to my line. 
Brother Jerry, I'm thankful that I looked at God as a fixer of my problems. And I still look to him. And, and they said, because see, the thing is, when, when people look at us, a lot of times, Brother Bobby, they look at us what we used to be. I'm thankful that God don't look at us what we used to be. Brother Everett, he looks at us what we're going to be through him. Amen. And But Jesus said unto him, a prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and in his own house. Now, verse 5 really boggles my chief of mind. And we're talking about God manifested in the flesh. One place, the centurion just said, just speak the word. He stepped out on that faith. He said, all I need from you, Brother Philip, is just a word. I just need a word. Just speak a word. But here they looked at him as a carpenter's son. And it said, talking about God in the flesh, he could do there no mighty work, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk, a few sick folk, and healed them. And verse 6 said, and he marveled because... So here's my question real quickly, and i got to be wrapping up. Which marvel do you do with God? Do you marvel with the anticipation, Brother Farrell, that God's going to meet you? Or do you marvel, make God marvel because of your unbelief? It's hard to imagine that uh, I'm going to be closing real quickly but I want to just tell you something that, that happened to us while we was at Mount Zion and, and I know we're talking about controlling the tongue and and there is death and life in the power of the tongue. Now, I've said this before, but I, I just ask that y'all give me a little room here and let me say this again. Uh, at Mount Zion, when we was there, um, there was a many times, Sharon kept the books, there was a many times that we hardly had enough money to pay pastor and pay our mortgage and pay our light bill. Or sometimes, Sister Jane, we'd have 40 or 50 people the Chavez, there was other times that we had four or five people. It was always an up and down, Sister Mary, always up and down. So toward the end of Pastor Huggins' um, stay there, um, folks got to where they didn't put money in the offering plate. They just bought stuff for the church, whether it was a plug-in or whether it was a roll of toilet paper or something. So when, by the grace of God, we felt like the Lord had led us back to Mount Zion, they was at a negative. And understand, this ain't, I'm not telling you anything about Wayne and Sharon. Well, Philip, what I'm telling you about is a God that spoke a word. See, for that word to work, you got to receive that word. Amen? So we went there, and God dealt with me about talking to these folks about increasing their tithes and their offering and, 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 and when you get to talking to people about their money, Sister Danielle, a little bit of preaching I have done, people get tight on you. 
You know what I'm saying? Because money's personal. You know what I mean? And But I mean, hey, if you can trust God with your soul, you sure better trust him with your money. Amen? <laughs> I mean, I, I thought I had it when I was serving the God of this world, but since I've served the God of all, and I just gave him everything. I'm like, oh, Peter, I told you earlier, I just want him to have it all. And his saving plans are so much better than the saving plans that we was on in the world. But anyway, we started preaching and teaching on giving. And a lot of times they looked at me like, man, you are out your flipping mind. But I, I told those folks, I said, here's what I'll make a deal with you. If you'll give for, if you, the Bible said in Malachi, he said, prove me. So I'm going to step out on a limb because I love God this much, Sister George. I said, if you'll just you just do it for a year. And if God ain't blessed you, Brother Jerry, the church will give you your money back. And it wasn't long, Sister Cricket, we started having people come to us and say, let me tell you what God done for me. Man, God opened up a door for me. My business wasn't doing nothing, but man, that business is taking off now, Sister Smith. I went to the post office box and picked up an envelope, Brother Wayne, and there was money. It was a check that I didn't even know anything about, Brother Bobby. Because that's the kind of God we serve. Because he said his word will return to us void. It's going to accomplish what he pleased. So if I could get you to stand. See, the devil would tell you, he'd try to control you with that negativity. But I would tell you this, that you can trust God with everything. You can't be like these folks that... that that would hinder God in the fact that looking at that that's impossible because with God nothing's impossible to those that believe. But by the grace of God it had nothing to do with Wayne and Sharon but it had all to do with God. When we left Mount Zion over there they had $23,000 in their savings account. Brother Jerry, never did we have any excess funds hardly at all. But it was because people believed the word and stepped out by faith. So, church, what I'm telling you this morning is, in your words, their death and their life. But if you'll trust God and you'll step out by faith, you can trust God. Praise the Lord. Why don't you turn to two or three people and shake their hands this morning and tell them that you're thankful that they're in the house of the Lord. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.